many of you have heard of Frodo Baggins? If you've heard of Frodo Baggins, please raise your hand. John Randolph Ruel Tolkien was a friend of C.S. Lewis. They would meet together in a pub in the early evening where they talked about many things, especially about God. C.S. Lewis would go on to write the Chronicles of Narnia, partly from those discussions, and so I've always wished I could have been a fly on the wall in that pub. J.R.R. Tolkien would write The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. Frodo Baggins is a hobbit. He stands very short, he is known for his purity of heart, his enjoyment of food and good friends, and his home in what was called the Shire. Frodo Baggins is given a ring from his uncle Bilbo, and it's a magic ring. When you put it on, you become invisible, which is pretty cool. But he discovers that it's not just a magic ring. It is evil. And most people, when they put this ring on, their hearts will turn immediately to the darkness. But Frodo is so pure of heart and so humble that when he puts on the ring, he doesn't immediately turn to the darkness. He's tempted by it, but he can bear it. And so he is given a choice. Will he run away and let some random person find the ring, a person who may be turned to evil? Or will he carry this ring for thousands of miles to the dark land of Mordor and cast it in a pit of fire to destroy it? What a terrible choice to have to make. In fact, J.R.R. Tolkien came up with a theology. He called it the doom of choice. He gave us this example. Let's say that you or I, either one of us, we are walking through a village at night. Could be any village. You're all alone, and you come across a house, and the house is burning. There are flames coming out the windows. So you're looking at this house that is on fire, and then you hear from within the cries of children. In that moment, your life is changed forever. You are given the doom of choice. 
You have free will, but you only really have two options now. You never can go back to being the person who never saw the house on fire because you're here. So your two choices are this. Number one, you could run into the house to try to save the children. The result being you could emerge a hero or you could die. Your other choice is you could run away. But you will always know in your heart that in that moment you were a coward. J.R.R. Tolkien calls it the doom of choice because that encounter with that burning house changes you. You can't go back to being who you were before, but you do have some choices. We are in such a time today. I can't tell you how many times someone has said to me, I wish I could go back to life before the pandemic. I do too. But we cannot. We are here. We are here on this morning, worshiping with masks on or virtually. Welcome to our virtual congregation. But we are here. We are here as a hurricane descends upon Louisiana. We are here as Haiti's people are struggling and starving. We are here with the destruction of what has happened to our service people in Afghanistan and worrying about that country. And we are changed because of what we stand in front of today. We can never go back to who we were before, but we do have choices. And it is those choices that define who we are. James, the brother of Jesus, writes a letter to the churches. By the way, I can't imagine what it would be like to be Jesus' little brother. And James doesn't get who Jesus is while he's alive. He goes to try to convince Jesus to come home with his mother, and he says, you're acting weird. Maybe you have demons. Come home. Just get, get, get back to normal. And it was only after the resurrection that James realizes who his brother really was. And he writes this letter to the churches saying, hey, it's really good to read the Bible. You need to read the Bible. That's who we are. But you can't just read it. You have to do it. It's not enough to be a hearer of the word. Your choice is whether you're going to be a doer of the word. You know, Jesus has been walking around the Sea of Galilee, doing all this incredible stuff. He heals people. He multiplies food. He teaches about God. The disciples are going out and crowds are coming to Jesus. 
hanging on his every word, wanting to see something miraculous happen, hoping that their illnesses will be cured. And in this gospel, we see Jesus finally sitting down to eat. I always worry because he never seems to eat. And there are some Pharisees there. These Pharisees have read the scripture a lot. And they sit across from the Son of God. And they have a choice. They can choose whether or not they're going to listen to his every word. They're going to see his miracles. They're going to pay attention to what he's saying. But instead, these Pharisees decide that they're going to become obsessed with the few disciples who forgot to wash their hands. Here it is, the greatest opportunity of their lives. And what are they doing? They're gossiping, they're criticizing, and they're thinking about what's wrong with everybody else. They're making the wrong choice. And Jesus says, guys, you're crazy, you're hypocrites. It doesn't matter what you put into your body. That's not what makes you who you are. It's what you do that defines you. It's what you do that defines you. Yesterday, we buried a lady. The flowers are in her memory today. Her name was Nancy Mason. Nancy Mason would come to our 8 o'clock service every Sunday. She was one of those people that if I didn't see her at the 8 o'clock, I was afraid she might be dead. By the time Nancy died, she was 89 years old. But she had a major choice to make that defined her life, and it happened when she was 50. She had spent her whole life raising her children, being a wonderful wife and mother. She had brought her kids to church every Sunday without fail. She was very faithful. But at 50 years old, her husband left. He just walked out. Nancy's life was changed forever, but she did have a choice. She could withdraw and talk bad gossip about her ex-husband and feel sorry for herself, or she could make something of her life. She picked herself up and went to school as a 50-year-old woman to become an RN. She worked in our hospitals for so many years that as she was getting sick at the end of her life, when her daughter would take her to the emergency room, somebody always recognized her. A nurse, a doctor, that's Nancy, oh my gosh, I love Nancy. Even when she was sick as a dog, everyone recognized her and wanted to be with her. Even after she retired, she still volunteered at Volunteers in Medicine as a nurse, that place where they offer medical care for the working uninsured. She clocked over a thousand hours there volunteering. And at her funeral, her life was this huge celebration because she made a choice for the light 
I love this scene in The Lord of the Rings when Frodo the Hobbit is talking to the wise wizard Gandalf. And Frodo says, I wish that this ring had never come to me. And the wizard says, so do I. So does everyone who lives to see these times. But that is not for us to decide. What we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. What we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. Today is rally day here at the cathedral. We rally to God right as school is starting and the fall is opening and usually this place is packed with people. And we have all kinds of booths with different ministries and you can walk around and pray about how you can serve God. And we're doing mighty well today. We're so blessed to have the Episcopal School's choir here with us and some parents. But it's a different, different rally day than we've ever had before. Most of our congregation is virtual. And everyone here is wearing a mask. And yet, we are here in some form or another. And we all have a choice to make with a time that is set before us. What will you do with this one wild and precious life that you have been given? What will you do in this one time when you sit close to Jesus? The choice, my friends, is yours. What will you do next? <laughs>